Hi, I'm Diana. And I'm Ben. Welcome to Filmscape, a movie reviewing podcast. Today we're reviewing Zack Snyder's Justice League. This is that fancy extended edition, you know, that four-hour one, the director's cut of the 2017 superhero film. Indeed. Diana, what did you think of this extended four-hour cut of the movie as someone who has not seen the theatrical version? It was too long. (laughs) It was. It was too long. I understand it's a director's cut. Yeah. But four hours of this... I did too much. I did like that there were like different parts, you know, it was like part one, part two, you know, there were like six parts and then the epilogue. That helped. Yes. Yes. That was helpful. But I still think that by the end of it, you're kind of like, so uh, what? Like you you think I've been sitting here and I don't, I don't want to get like thrombosis or something. I want to get a blood clot in my leg. Like I've been, I've been sitting here. With this length, it should not have been a movie. It should have been a mini series. Right? It makes me think of the wonderful Netflix extended cut of Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. I knew you were going to say that. Which is a much better, not much better, but it's definitely an improved version of the theatrical film. There's much more content, more depthful, but it is like four hours. And they cut it and they made it a four episode miniseries and it was perfect. And yes, breaking this up into parts helped. But it was still too long, and it also just did not need to be four hours long. Right, and I think that there were parts of it that felt, when I was watching it, yeah, you know, I liked a lot of visuals and things like that, but then I kept thinking to myself that there were some scenes that felt disconnected from each other, that I would be like, wait, what just happened? Because that, now this is happening? Oh, okay. It bums me out because... That's my reaction to this. Imagine what my reaction would have been for the other one. But I was entertained by some stuff going on in the film. There were things that were entertaining. I would hope that at least some of it would be entertaining (laughs) if you're sitting there for four hours. A four-hour Zack Snyder indulgent epic movie sounds like a bit of a nightmare to me. I'm sorry to anyone listening who's a diehard Zack Snyder movie fan who loves these new superman batman movies after the christopher nolan ones i wasn't even going to watch this because after batman v superman and the theatrical version of justice league they were one year apart and i just said i am done i mean i was done after batman v superman and then i casually watched justice league one day and i said wow that was even worse than i thought it would be i still liked it more than batman v superman but it is shockingly bad I'm just going to provide some quick background. I don't know how much of this you know. Womp womp. I think a lot of people know by now, people who are fans of these movies, especially given the viral marketing campaign that sprung from the negative reception to Justice League. It under- <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it, it was released the Snyder Cut, restore the Snyder Cut. All these fans on the internet went pretty nuts and... Some of them harassed, but a lot of them were just imploring DC, Warner Brothers, whoever, whoever had the power to let Zack Snyder finish the movie himself. I think they were aware that 
his version of the movie was in existence, and the one that they got was not what was promised. It was not really a Zack Snyder movie, so I had to go back in my head and say, oh, okay, wait, that Justice League was not a Zack Snyder product. He never even watched it. Did you know that? Here's a little piece of trivia. Christopher Nolan, who produces these movies and was, of course, responsible for the Dark Knight trilogy, he and Zack Snyder's wife went to a screening of the Theatrical Justice League, and they reported back to him together and said, you can never see this movie. And I think his wife later said it would break Zack's heart at what they did to his vision for the Justice League. It was so radically changed by a new director, Joss Whedon. He came in, he was responsible for the first two Avengers films, and he did Buffy, Firefly. He does quality stuff, but he came in and completely ruined this movie with his reshoots. He added these stupid jokes throughout the movie. Zack Snyder did not do that. He brightened the tone. He drastically shortened it. I think Warner Brothers, for some reason, has this stipulation that the some of their movies can't be over two hours long for some reason, including the credits. It's only an hour and 50 minutes, and it doesn't make any sense. That's so, weird. Yes, it was a train wreck of a movie is what I'm saying. It was very tragic. Zack Snyder had to step away from finishing the movie because of the death of his daughter. And so Joss Whedon came in, and while Zack Snyder was with his family dealing with this horrible tragedy, for some reason, Joss Whedon and the studio decided to completely recut and change this movie without his involvement. And it just seems pretty shitty. I don't know everything. These are just some pieces of information I've learned. But it's bizarre. I, I'm guessing they wanted to course correct because Batman v Superman probably did not turn out how they thought with the mixed to negative general reaction that got. They wanted to say, oh, we got to make these more like Marvel movies. We got to make this Justice League movie more lively. Let's add all these terrible jokes and this nonsensical scene where Lois Lane talks to Ma Kent in the newsroom and it just comes out of nowhere. It's just stuff like that. It was just a mess. Hmm. Now... Enter the COVID-19 pandemic. Movie production is halted. Movie theaters are closing down. These fans are rabid for Zack Snyder's vision for Justice League to be restored. They say, come on, Warner Brothers, make it happen. And people were like, this isn't going to happen. This has never happened before. But I think Warner Brothers or the, the, the company that owns these movies, whoever said, hey, we just have this movie sitting on a shelf, all, this, all these scenes. And they said... Everyone wants it. Let's just let's have Zack Snyder finish it and just release it on HBO Max for these people. Yeah. And there you go. That's what led it to this. He made it. most of this whole movie, aside from the last few scenes, which we'll talk about later, were all from 2016, 2017 when they shot the movie. They just cut all of this out, which is baffling to me. They released whatever that was, the theatrical Justice League. And so now we have Zack Snyder's original vision restored here on HBO. It can be four hours because it doesn't have to be in a theater. Hopefully sets a nice precedent for similar cases of other movies that get truncated or messed with and then they get to be restored and released on streaming. I love that you just threw down some knowledge. You know, that was you threw down that information. That was great. We have to keep our audience informed. Yeah. I just have to say that it does make me scared. It does make me scared of the theatrical version because it makes me glad that I didn't go to see that. You're not missing anything. Yeah. The plot of the theatrical Justice League is pretty much intact, but 
it is much more fleshed out. There's far more character development. The jokes are taken out. It's more consistent visually. Oh, that's good. Yeah, if anything, Zack Snyder has a very distinctive visual style, and that was really messed with in the theatrical version. I'm not a fan of his style for these movies. I just think it's very drab and desaturated and gray. But when you mess with it later and add these reshoots that don't match, like they did with the theatrical version, and try to just change everything together after the fact... It just looks wrong, and I'm just like, just give me the gray, dark, gritty one, because trying to make it look like an Avengers movie later doesn't work. So this feels more like an honest, artistic statement in these new superhero movies, being a follow-up to Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. The plot overall isn't all that different from the theatrical version. If I were to put together the main concept of this film, just... In a few words, it would be superheroes trying to make sure bad guys with corny, kitschy names does not get powerful big mother boxes to destroy world. These names are taken directly from the comic books. What are they going to do? Change them? They're adapting the comic books. I don't know, but the way that they say it in the film, it just, it makes it sound worse. They don't really work in a modern film setting. Dark Side, Steppenwolf. Well, yeah, well, no, Steppenwolf (laughs) was fine, but like, for instance, like, Dark Side, it just, it made it seem worse than Apocalypse. Dark Side and Apocalypse are not spelled the way you think they're spelled differently. Yeah, that's what made me laugh. That's especially funny. Yeah, and whenever I hear the term Steppenwolf, now I just think of the band. Isn't there a band called Steppenwolf that did that song, Mother? No idea. Mother! Da, 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 da. Oh, now this episode's been taken down for copyright infringement. Well, it's been nice while it lasted. Okay, so, yeah, so the, there's this idea about, uh, the, you know, there's the old gods, the Amazons, the Atlanteans, humanity... And there's Green Lantern, even though there's no Green Lantern in this movie. He's only in the very beginning, the prologue, with Darkseid's first attempt yeah. to terraform Earth to make it into his evil world apocalypse. When Wonder Woman finally goes to Bruce Wayne, we need to find other people like us, find meta-humans that are going to try to protect the Earth because this needs to happen. And... That's when they go and, you know, they're trying to figure all this stuff out. That's part of the plot. They're tipped off because Darkseid attacks Wonder Woman's home island and takes one of the mother boxes. So now she is alerted to the plot, goes to Bruce Wayne and says, we have to form a Justice League of Earth's mightiest heroes to stop these evil bad guys from terraforming the Earth. That's the basic setup. Yeah. Enter our co-Justice League characters. Simply put, there's of course Bruce Wayne, who's Batman, Arthur Curry is Aquaman, Barry Allen is The Flash, and Victor Stone is Cyborg. And Victor Stone, he becomes a meta-human type figure because of his... He ends up that way because of a car crash, unfortunately, and his dad decides, I need to save you. I'm going to turn you into a cyborg because that's the only way I can keep you alive. All of this backstory, by the way, was completely taken out of the theatrical version. So we didn't know anything about Cyborg in the movie. He just shows up 
I think they maybe have like a throwaway line about it, but his character gets so shortchanged. He gets his whole backstory restored here. So fans of Cyborg who were salty about how he was treated in the Theatrical Justice League, he gets a depthful, interesting background, and that was definitely one of the best changes to this movie. Yeah, I'm really glad that they give the backstory about him. With the benefit of hindsight, I do think... Yes, people know who Aquaman is. He's the guy who swims around in the ocean and talks to fish. But the Aquaman movie kind of ended up being one of the most popular, colorful, entertaining movies of these new DC films, of the DCU. And I feel like that movie should have been made a few years before the Justice League because in that Aquaman just shows up and he's Jason Momoa. And having seen the Aquaman movie, his role in this film, it just helps to have that whole story already told. I agree. And to see his underwater world and all of that, it helps to have origin stories for a lot of these characters before they all team up together. That's the logical way to do it. That's how Marvel did it, and DC is sort of doing it. Yeah. What is sad, but intriguing is that these metahumans, when they come together, and there's five of them without Superman, they're doing good work trying to really... They're fighting the good fight and everything, but that's when they realize, we really need Superman. And and they also realize that Steppenwolf, him and the parademons are actually afraid of Superman. So that was part of this whole, we need Superman. And, I mean, that's also part of what makes... In this movie, Justice League, six of them rather than five in total. So there, there, there's that. And he's obviously the superhero. He's the top dog. He's the main guy. He's indestructible, except with Kryptonite, of course. So they awaken him. They have a whole crazy ritual to electrify the amniotic fluid of the Genesis chamber in a ship from Krypton with one of the mother boxes to bring him back to life with the flash electrifying it. One thing I thought was funny was that it's interesting how in this movie it's flipped where Superman is about to kill Batman because he's confused and doesn't know where he is. He's just been resurrected from the dead. And then Lois Lane shows up and is able to calm him down. And that's exactly what she has to do to Batman to stop him from killing Superman in Batman v Superman, in one of the most hilarious scenes I've ever seen, where they fight, and she says, his mother's name is Martha, just like you. And then Batman decides not to kill him because both their mothers are named Martha. I don't think she says just like you. She just, you know, she it's just that, then he's like, my mom's name is Martha. Yeah, that's the yeah. point of the scene. His, I know. He I, doesn't yeah. want to kill him because both their moms are named Martha. It's yeah, for, like, for some reason. But That movie is just something. <laughs> but... I do like that Lois Lane is some human lady who just, you know, steps in and she's like, hey, hold up, everybody. In a lot of these movies, yeah, she just shows up out of nowhere. She can teleport and just be like, hey, I'm Lois Lane. Well, she ran or like she she ran all the like really far or whatever the she, whole time. I guess she's a marathon runner because she can get to where she needs to be for the plot. Maybe she took a taxi. I don't know. For the, she did something. Yes, she's a very great plot device. Amy Adams is wasted in this role. She's one of the greatest actresses working today, and they give her nothing. Whatever. Yeah. That's the least of these movies' problems. But Superman is awakened. 
and they have to stop Steppenwolf from getting all the boxes. I really don't remember a lot of this. I'm already forgetting most of this movie. How hilarious. I have to say, in general, I was pleasantly surprised with how much less miserable and annoying to sit through this was compared to Batman v Superman. Even the Ultimate Edition, at least it makes the scenes connect more. In the theatrical version of Batman v Superman, yes, that also has an extended cut called the Ultimate Edition. The scenes don't have any connecting, establishing shots or continuity. They could be placed in any order. It's such a bizarre experience sitting through that movie. And it's just the most dark, miserable superhero movie ever made and just so dull. And this one doesn't feel like that. It feels a lot more lively and just enjoyable. And it's still of that vision for these superheroes, which I don't really think suits them. It doesn't really suit the material. But I think this movie, for what it's worth, does that the best. Better than Batman v Superman, of course, better than the theatrical Justice League. I was surprised by how much humor was kept. All the stupid jokes from the theatrical version are taken out, but it does still maintain a little more of a lighthearted tone, which I think is good because this is a comic book movie. But it doesn't get too stupid. Yeah. I just wish that the villain was a little bit more depthful. He's still a CGI monster like in the theatrical version. He's a little more interesting, but it still is what it is. And I think... This is a noticeable improvement from the theatrical version. Unquestionably better. I get that and I agree with you. I do want to go into aspects that I did find a little more confusing or or maybe I didn't love. When it comes to these characters... While I like the movie and I like them being together and the Justice League and fighting together, and yes, I did really like that when they finally were together, but again, that doesn't happen till the end of the film, really. So most of the movie, it's kind of them trying to get together and then them working together at some point and it's like, yay. So, for instance, like with Batman, I love Batman, but when I was watching this movie, I do think Ben Affleck did a good job trying to portray Batman, but I felt like I was watching a movie. This isn't just towards Ben Affleck's performance. It's just kind of in general where like with the way I felt with some of the way that it was going, it felt like it was kind of going through the motions of what a movie does in its, okay, this is the climax and this is the plot. Here's the climax. Okay. This is the resolution. La la la. But there were times when I would feel like I tried not to be judgy of the fact that Ben Affleck is playing Batman because when he was first cast I was so I was just like what like what is going on the daredevil guy well yeah I mean because especially because he played daredevil I'm like why is he playing some other guy like come on you know he's given it another swing another try and unfortunately it hasn't lasted long because they're already rebooting it and Robert Pattinson has taken his place right so like my thought is that he didn't do like a terrible job or anything but I do feel like again it was going through the emotions type of you know, like, that's what was going on. And either way, it was like, okay, you're doing a good job portraying this type of guy, but to me, you don't feel like you're being Batman. So the, all the time that he was fighting and doing all this stuff, I thought, yeah, woo, but at the same time, I, it just didn't feel like he was being Batman. Is there a specific reason you feel that way? or 
Is it just his vibe or something else? Part of it, I feel like it was a vibe. And I, I also think that there's something about... Yes, he, he's good at playing the type of character he's supposed to be, but I feel like there's some elements of sensitivity that Batman also has that it's not like he's necessarily portraying. It's more like, I, like I, I don't, at least I don't think, and it's mainly a vibe thing. And also just generally the way that this particular installment of Batman has been portrayed, it, it's just made Batman come off as like a an entitled, frustrated, preppy boy or something. And then now in this movie with him trying to make amends, basically, because he feels guilty and, you know, he's upset about the fact that Superman had passed and everything. He really is trying to do a lot and putting this group together, which is great. I just think that by the end of it, it wasn't until the end where I saw all of them together in a nice, very theatrical looking shot of, oh, that's the Justice League together, that I thought... Oh, yeah, you know, look at them. They're Justice League. But, I don't know, it really, I think it is a vibe thing, and I think there's a level of of intensity that he would try to portray, but it just didn't feel like it was all there. I have a slightly different viewpoint, because if we're going to talk about Batman in these movies, he really got shortchanged. Yeah. Both the character and Ben Affleck. Yeah. Ben Affleck's role in this whole mess of movies that dc is trying to do trying to reboot it after dark knight rises and do all this the way marvel has with them i'm of two minds of this i think batman we've seen enough batman origin stories we don't need more batman origins however he's just established in batman v superman and honestly i think ben affleck as batman is the only thing i can think of that i like about that movie Everything is wrong, except for the old, grizzled, cynical Batman. It's different from all the others that we've right. seen, I think. No, I agree. And I kind of welcomed that. Going into that movie, I was I was expecting the worst, because I heard, you know, there was all this controversy that it was him, and people thought it was so lame. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll see. Whatever. And I actually liked him. I liked the first couple scenes where he's being a bit of a detective, and he's older it's a new take, and I thought Ben Affleck actually did well. I think it's more that he was not established. He just starts. And then mm. Batman v Superman is the worst movie ever made, so that's not a really a good foundation. And I think with this movie, it's not that this is such a great movie or anything, but it is such an improvement over the dumpster fire of right. Batman v Superman and the Theatrical Justice League. Bruce Wayne, he needed a solo movie, and I'm honestly... It doesn't have to be another Batman origin movie. But just something to highlight him, because I was actually thinking after Batman v Superman, I was like, whatever movies they make after this, I would be most interested in seeing the Ben Affleck solo movie where it really is about him, because it was it was just a different Batman. Yeah, I agree. And he was not, his, obviously his potential was not fulfilled in the Batman v Superman. And now we won't even get that chance because this is such a mess. And now Batman is going to be rebooted with Robert Pattinson in the batman it's gonna come out like next year already yeah and i don't think they're gonna make any more superman i think henry cavill is done as superman already and that's a similar case where i feel like henry cavill was good but that character just was not given the depth his solo movie was all right until it turned into crazy cgi destruction nonsense in the second half and it's just strange and it's too bad that both those flagship characters 
it just burned out with these movies and it's already it after this. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see where you're coming from. I also think about it with this particular film that with Superman, when he finally realizes he's like, I have a second chance at life that you can see him, you know, emoting because I know that there's a little bit of that worry of he always looks sad in other <laughs> films, but I, I think that in this film he does try to emote more and display like his love for Lois or his compassion and care for his mom. Like there's, you know, you see less of, of one particular emotion and facial expression. <laughs> and so I think... Yes, it's good that he's acting. Exactly. I do like Henry Cavill. I'm sure he's lovely and many many things but he does very well also having just the right look as superman oh yeah and yeah and he's a charismatic guy oh yeah i know Zack snyder loves to have the dark miserable no fun allowed tone he lightened it up with this director's cut which is good he lightened up a little bit but generally it's played so dark and so just like serious i miss the light-hearted clark kent moments the daily planet and just that alter ego there's there's none of that in these movies which i think also really kills the range of scenes and storylines it's something you know it makes me think of the the sam raimi spider-man movies it's not just the spider-man action scenes all the time there's so much going on with peter parker with the human side his personal life those movies are kind of corny obviously they kind of have their thing going because it's sam raimi Spider-Man 2 especially, I think, is one of the best examples of balancing out great superhero action and the drama of his real life being messed up and quitting being Spider-Man. I mean, where's some of that kind of thing with Superman? He's also a reporter, like Peter Parker's a photographer. Mm-hmm. They really needed to have some of that. I know. One thing that I thought was hilarious was... When Superman is finally resurrected, right? He's clothed, he's in his nice tuxedo, you know, whatever. They just put him in there, la la la. And then when he finally goes and he he flies to... They're battling that first time that they're battling together because he's he has amnesia and he's so confused about what's going on. He has his dress pants on, but he has no shirt on. And it's like, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I had a family member who definitely just said... Oh, he definitely was buried without a shirt. He ripped out of his shirt you with, know? His bat, with his big arm muscles. Yeah, exactly. Good excuse to look at Henry Cavill shirtless, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I just thought, oh, okay. And and all my only response was, oh, yeah, like, you know, but you got to give people what they feel like they're paying for, you know? Like, they want to see the shirtless guy. Yeah, and... the ladies and some guys, you know, they, they want to see that. Yeah, the there people. you go. That scene would have been hilarious if he was just in his whole tuxedo. <laughs> the whole time and it got it got a little ripped when when he starts doing action stuff but it's still basically there like it would be in real life that would but be him, funny but yeah but then but you see him and he's like not even wearing shoes the only clothes he's wearing is probably like some sort of boxers and his dress pants and his probably i think it's like a belt maybe other than that he like has no socks or shoes he has no dress shirt no he, his... like no button up no tux jacket it would have been perfect as if if, as if the scene was the same but his pants came off too and you see him with little superman underwear a little meta joke there right yeah that would have been funny yeah it's just one of those things where you think to yourself what come on really and then (laughs) so that made me laugh the movie livens up 
when Superman shows up. And this is a better Superman than in the other previous ones. Right. And it's too bad that he comes two-thirds through and then this is the last movie where the Superman is going to exist. I don't think there's another Superman movie planned for years. They're going to reboot it or something again. Yeah, but when I also when I think about this movie in general, it's just like what you said, you know, didn't give them that full chance that they really needed or deserved. And again, like with certain aspects within cinematography and the aesthetic that certain directors really like, that can also, of course, that impacts as a viewer our perception of what that movie is. Because if it hadn't been so dark and drab, that could have changed things. There's, you know, there's many different ways that things could have been changed if it had been a different director, executed a different way, different things like that. But I do feel that that it's not, it's what you've mentioned before, that Batman and Superman, the way that they're portrayed, the way that we see them, things could have been different depending on Batman having a solo movie in a specific way or in us understanding more of the complexity of that character. But then also with Superman, you know, you have him there too. And it's just frustrating too, because by the end of the movie, you're thinking, okay, yay, they did it. You know, they saved the day and they're together and they're Justice League and they're, they're going to meet together and great. Then you realize they have nothing planned to make any other movies relating to this and that they're going to reboot and, and whatnot. So that's also a damper. Because it's something that you and I have talked about separately is this movie is full of setups. Yes. So many setups for sequels and spinoffs and whatever. But then you you see it and you think, none of this is probably going to happen. The fans are now hashtagging restore the Snyderverse online, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is all they're going to get. Henry Cavill years ago has moved on from this. They're already rebooting Batman. I'm pretty sure that this might have been the last movie in his contract, or if he was told, you have another one, I think it was this movie was technically the last one he was obligated to do in his contract. I have some information. They released the projection of the next the next six or eight DC movies that are coming out. It's The Flash, Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, Wonder Woman 3 is going to happen... I think they're just going to try to forget about Wonder Woman 1984, which would be best. That movie was pointless. Like what we mentioned in our previous episode, you know, they That's might right. recon. Our second episode. And Black Adam, there's no Superman or Batman. No Ben Affleck Batman. There's the Batman with Robert Pattinson. So they're focusing on individual stories, maintaining the other Justice League characters, but not Batman or Superman. And I, th I think Cyborg is getting his own movie, I believe. Yeah, that's also part of... I'm so glad that they restored his storyline because that's really important. And it's baffling how they just didn't include much of anything about him in the theatrical Yeah, version. I mean... The theatrical that... version just truncates everything. Yeah, but also that type of erasure for a character like him. And there's all these also these different things about... There's these many levels relating to Cyborg and maybe this particular actor and things like that. I know he had trouble with Joss Whedon. He, he accused Joss Whedon on the set of abuse. He was belittling him or he... Maybe it was that he cut these scenes. Joss Whedon cut so much. 
Cyborg, he kind of gets an origin, a whole origin section in this movie. So his solo movie, maybe it's just further adventures. I think he's been established. Yeah, I mean... He has an interesting origin. Yeah, I do think that it would likely be more so about the exploration of him as a superhero and... Maybe his... going forward. Exactly. Yeah. I really think that that is part of it. I also liked how... Po- I mean, yes, I understand there's a lot of darkness and stuff with Snyder cuts and things like that the flash it's really funny because the flash is also a source of joy and lightheartedness in the film yeah and yeah some people might like or dislike or whatever but i i actually liked that he was more like he was really happy to be there and he felt like wow i'm with these really great magical hard-working people there's a line in there where he talks about like being the best of the best and everything and being with the best of the best. And so I did appreciate his his excitement to be there and everything as a character. One of these people has to be excited. Well, They're yeah, all so dour. But he's also so young. Like he's younger than them. And so yeah. in his case, he's like, what? You want me to be part of Justice League? What? Yeah, he's like the Spider-Man of the group. I didn't even think about that. If there was a Spider-Man in the group, also just because the Tom Holland Spider-Man is so young. I just draw that comparison in Quippy, kind of. Anyway, but he is annoying in the theatrical version. Joss Whedon, he reshot whole scenes, spent tens of millions of dollars reshooting whole scenes that Zack Snyder already did just so he can add a stupid joke here and there to each one. And The Flash had a bunch of them, and it just turned me off of his character. This movie, it, it's better... It's certainly improved. It's more fitting in this movie. Yeah, I I definitely get that. I just don't think a dark Superman works. It didn't work in Superman Returns. I don't know if anyone remembers that movie from 2006. But it just... Superman is the... He's the leading guy. And that colors the whole rest of everything else. And this movie improves a little bit. But I just don't know why that was decided i get that when they rebooted this after superman returns maybe they just just like we don't want to make a corny christopher reeve blue tights red underwear costume flying around he's just a goofy character in general i don't know how you make a superman movie in modern times i think there has to be some kind of middle ground between what these movies ended up being and the 70s Christopher Reeve ones. Right. They're going to have to figure that out going forward. Definitely. But I think that with this particular film, there were things that were likable, things that were very much could have been improved on. But it was the part of the interpretation, as mentioned before, is that directors have their own aesthetic. They have their own take and wishes for, of course, what a film should and would look like. I mean, that makes, as we all know now, a huge difference of the outcome of a film. And how much it can be ruined when someone comes in who has a whole different vision, even a vision I might prefer in concept and completely screw it up and make it a train wreck. It's an interesting case. I mean, it's too bad. This makes it a little better. I'm sure I don't sound like a Zack Snyder fan in this review, but I am glad that given everything that happened and how he kind of did get screwed over by the studio that's how it comes across i am glad that he was able to get his version out there i believe he didn't 
take a salary for this. I think he worked for free wow. or something. He was given the budget to put these scenes together and finish this movie the way it intended. And to add a few reshot scenes. While all of that's true, I can't fathom why these post credit scenes, they should be post credit scenes, but they're before the credits, so they're technically the end of the movie that are like lead-ins to future movies, but these future movies aren't going to happen, aside from some of these side characters, but I think they're just going to have their own adventures. Like, there's a Lex Luthor return scene, there's a tease for him, there's this whole dumbass dream sequence with Jared Leto's The Joker, which I think everyone's done with by now, and then Bruce Wayne gets a visit from Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. They just talk about they're going to prepare for Darkseid's return. There are these post-credit scenes that are completely unnecessary. And the actors already look different because it's four years later that they're shooting these. Yeah. It's like, why is this in the movie? The movie ended just fine the way it did with the triumphant ending. And if they knew that none of this was going to actually come to be any sort of sequels or spinoffs, why did they allow it to be distributed and... Why is it and, in and the movie? Ex- yes, why is it in the movie? And why is it also in the versions in which we're watching actively on HBO Max? Because then people will think, hmm, is that actually a thing? Even though they have no p- current plans to do any of those potential sequels or anything. They're like further teasing the audience for more when everyone knows it's not going to happen. At least not with Batman or Superman. It just feels pointless and ridiculous. Or the Joker. I don't think Jared Leto is going to return to be the Joker again. He was just in Suicide Squad. And this ending scene, dream sequence, this whole DC universe is such a, it's such a mess. (laughs) They really squandered a lot of potential with these characters. When you look back on all these movies, there's some good qualities, but I'm just surprised they kind of ruined a lot of this. A lot of these characters, especially Batman and Superman being in a movie together, that's never happened before. That should have been great, and it was abysmal. While I liked a lot about this movie, I hesitate to recommend it, certainly from beginning to end, because it's way too long. They needed to just nix all of those reshoots that they did at the end with these scenes that tease more that aren't going to come. And there was still some nonsense in this movie, like, what was with when Aquaman swam away and then Bruce Wayne's just looking at him and then the Aquaman fangirls come around and she sings a song and sniffs his shirt. Why is this in the movie? I, kept, I thought to myself. I know. Well, I kept thinking to myself, like, is this going to be any sort of storytelling foreshadowing? But it's not like they really told us anything that was... Unless there's something, some sort of background importance that we're not seeing in any words or any anything, it just seems very odd and random. But it's it's like, oh, okay, so these people worship him, or they like they have so much respect for him, and uh, it, was, it just came across it, so weird. Yeah, and it's like, why? <laughs> like, what? And how? You know, why like she's sniffing his shirt, and then this scene just then it just ends. You're yeah, just that's like, what? what. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, why and how? Like, what? Who knows? Sometimes I feel like Zack Snyder makes movies ironically. He just says, how can I make the most bombastic, weird choices I can as a big budget director with these long indulgent scenes? And he has like this god complex with superheroes. He loves to fetishize them as like godlike figures. And that's, oh, how, right, yeah. that's how the public sees them. There's so much of that shit in 
in Man of Steel and especially in Batman v Superman, all the like the real world stuff, that's how the public sees him. It's like this whole angle of what if superheroes were real? Like this is what would happen. And it just, I don't know. I, I can understand wanting to do that maybe on paper when it's actually in the movie. It just sucks out all the fun. It's like, they're not real. This is a fantasy world with superheroes. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So, Deanna, would you recommend Zack Snyder's Justice League? The Snyder Cut, as it's sometimes called. Probably not. Oh. What I would hope is for a middle ground. There are movie studios out there that have the capability to do this because there are multiple Hobbit edits out there where the Hobbit trilogy is cut down to a nice four-hour edit that just adapts the book without all the extra scenes they put in there. Someone should make a fan edit of this movie, make it a nice two and a half, three hours, cut out all the nonsense, cut out those reshoots, and you'd have a perfectly decent, cheesy, crazy Justice League movie, and it would be perfectly watchable. It, I mean, it still wouldn't be great. It is what it is, but I think that would be nice, because four hours is just too long. Yeah. It would be nice if that someday exists. I mean, I don't know if I would watch it, but... It's just an idea. If anyone's listening and likes doing that kind of stuff, it's an idea. I second that. Hi, Film Booze. If you want to contact us with any questions or comments or thoughts on the film, you can reach us at filmscaped at gmail.com. That's F-I-L-M-S-C-A-P-E-D at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram at Filmscape Podcast, which you should definitely follow if you are not already. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe. On the podcast platform of your choice. Or on all of them if you want. Why not? Thanks.